Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. Dan, 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 clear of the closing doors, please. Here we go with Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to SST on Apple Podcasts, app, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate you all the same. Today's a very special episode. It's one of my favorites of the entire year. It's incredible. It always happens a day or two before the NBA season starts, and this one is no different. I'm here with the NBA Outsiders to discuss over-unders and preview each conference. Right now, you're listening to the Eastern Conference Preview we go through every team, tell you some thoughts, talk about some more than others. Because frankly, some deserve more than others. But who deserves all the credit in the world are my outsiders themselves. And I'll start off first and foremost with John Lucas Duffy. What's up, dog? Petey, what up, what up? Glad to be here. It's one of the best pods of the year right now. Literally, it's one of the best pods. And of course, we have to have one of the best people along with us. Frank Villani, what's up, brother? Ayo, how we doing, fellas? Fantastic. And last but not least, today we got Kyle Anderson with his over-under debut, his NBA preview debut. What's up, dude? My first over-under, man. I'm kind of hyped, not going to lie. You know, a lot of hype from the group. Everyone seems pretty excited. So, you know, I, I just want to contribute a little bit. You know, I'm just trying to, trying to step in and be my, you know, my little contributor role, you know. Step, you know, the guy in the corner three kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? So hey, I'm ready to go. We might need you to, to handle the ball a little bit today because we're also we're missing Andrew Duffy tonight. He's not on the pod today, but he will be back throughout the season, of course, to break it down from his unique perspective as always. So shout out to Andrew. So it's Pete, is Duffy, is Frank, is Kyle, and it's uh, I don't know what I was about to just say. I was about to say NBA preview, but specifically Eastern Conference preview. We're going to focus on the Western Conference episode will be coming uh, within the day or tomorrow. This is dropping on Tuesday morning, so either Wednesday morning or Tuesday evening. I'd say Wednesday morning. Let's go with that. Wednesday morning, the Western Conference preview uh, will drop as well. Obviously, for over-unders, you kind of need to know that before the season technically starts, but we don't think of this as a betting podcast. It's just a great way to look at all these teams, the ones we find most interesting, where do we see them landing in the standings, that rhymes, and uh, how do we see their seasons playing out? So obviously, we're not going to talk about the Cavaliers as much as we're going to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers because they're an interesting team and the Cavs stink. So that's how it's going to break down. I don't want to do too much small talk, but basically, a quick reminder, this season is shorter. There's only 72 games, so all these over-under lines are obviously a bit different so you hear 36 right now for our first team, the Atlanta Hawks. You may think off the top of your head, that's not even good. Like, what's that? That's under 500. That's actually 500. About, <clears throat> excuse me, that's about 500. So 36 and 36 is 500. So just use that 36 win mark as a point in your head, the midpoint. That's what you're fighting for. That's the new 41 and 41. Is my math right there, guys? Someone check me. I'm not good at math. Your yeah, you got it. Okay, thank God, because I was nervous for a second as I was talking. I'm like, wait, is that right? I, I can't do math that quick. So, yeah, 36 is the new number. It's the new midpoint. It's the new 500. But what will be interesting in the East and the West is what is it? what is going to be the strike point on wins to get into the playoffs or into that play-in tournament? Because now there's a whole new dynamic when we start talking about these teams and we start talking about someone like the Hawks, the Hornets. Um, maybe, the maybe... I'm not going there. Maybe the Knicks, probably not, but 
that now 9 and 10 spot in each conference has a little bit more intrigue. So we will discuss all of that, but I think it's now time to just go to it. We're going Eastern Conference, alphabetical order, starting with the Hawks, ending with the Wizards, and we're going to go through our over-unders. And Kyle, we actually start with you because you marked off the Hawks as an interesting team. So let's get right to it. The line is 36 and a half. The Atlanta Hawks, with a bunch of new additions, are ready to make the playoffs. Kyle, are they ready to playoffs? What's your take? This is a uh, tough one. I think they do get in, though. They get in, but they're going to be, I think they're going to be under 36 and a half. With that said, I don't think it's going to be far off of 36. I think they're going to be a seven or eight seed. But with that said, I, a lot of talent in this in this team. I love the it, it kind of reminds me of I guess you could say the Knicks a little bit and and I'm hold on pump the brakes I know everyone's going to freak out the Knicks the Knicks no what I'm saying is just a great mix of you know guys that are trying to make it in the league and and are kind of just starting to you know guys that are second and third years in the league and veterans that are kind of established and are pretty successful um, veterans, um, you know, with Rondo, with um, who they get my man from the King. Gallinari. I can't think of his name right now. Got, they got Gallinari also. Bogdan Bogdanovich. That's um, that's what I was thinking of. Bogdanovich. Thank you. So the Red Rocket, Kevin Herter. They they they've got some. They got. I like I like their team a lot. I just don't think they're going to get thirty six. That's that's my only my only beef. But yeah, that's it. I don't think they're going to get 36 either. This feels like a fantasy basketball team to me, really. They're leaning yeah. on they're leaning on DeAndre Hunter big time for some defensive stops. Uh you know, him Clint Capella guarding the rim and then you you're you got Trey Young, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Cam Reddish, Danilo Gallinari, John Collins. I don't know who's playing defense for this team, you know. Rondo is past the point of really giving 110% on defense especially in the regular season. Rondo's a guy whose value increases as the season goes on, you know, and as you get deeper in the playoffs. So Chris Dunn, Chris Dunn, look for him to play some, for some big spots on, uh, on defense if they need it. Cause they know Trey Young's not going to do it. Well, the only thing I'll add on the defensive front there. Oh, wow. I got to fix that. What's, what was that timer? I just hit anyways. Uh, what I got to fit, what I got to add here is two guys who I think defensively are very young but have what it takes to start making an impact. And this is going to surprise people. Uh, and this is something more that I've read and heard on pod, different podcasts. I'm not something I've particularly seen, but it's a guy who I like. Cam Reddish, allegedly, allegedly, has become... Allegedly beat up them cops. No, <laughs> has become a defender <laughs> in this league. A guy who we looked at as a uh, dynamic scorer, a shooter, uh, a big athlete, apparently. And I've, I'm, I haven't really seen it with my own eyes. I'm, I'm putting my hands up right now. But I'm, I'm hearing where on the street is that Cam Reddish made major strides um, be- before the bubble last year and did some real good things on defense. Now, he's a guy who I've always liked, so I'm looking out for him to see if he could take a step where him and Hunter can become those defensive wings you uh, are interested in, Duff. And then last but not least, the rookie, Onyeka Okongwu, might be a defensive stud. He, he has what it takes to be a defensive stud. So if Clint Capella and Onyeka can really sure up the rim protection, I think we have a better look on this team defensively than we may expect. And I think Trey Young could be an assist savage this year, leading them in assists. Bogdan, offensive assistance, 
uh, with the scoring. Same with Danilo. I'm going over on the Hawks, not by much. I think almost 40 wins is their future. 39 sounds about right to me. I think they're sneaking in at least to the playoff tournament. Hey, man. Hey, Pete, let me tell you something. Cam Reddish, man, when he was on at Duke, he was on. Like, he could he could really score his ass off. Um, when was he when, on? When? He had he played pretty well in the tournament, both tournaments, ACC and and the uh, what's it, what do you call it? the NCAA, NCAA tournament? But like I said, I, I I know you heard me, Duff. When he was on, that's what I was getting into because he was very very inconsistent. There would be some nights like you know he had that big game against Florida State, hit the game winner um, at Florida State. And he had like 30 that game. Let's say 25, 30 that game. But then like the very next game, he'll give you like eight points and he'll shoot for 20%. It's been, he's, he's young, man. You know, he, he, he just got into the league last year, but just the potential, the upside of it, you would expect that and how high he got picked in the draft, you would expect to see a little bit more. So hopefully he can, he can kind of, you know, step into his own in the league right now. If they, if he, if Cam Reddish can perfect that seven twenty layup he was working on, then I would consider this. I would personally consider the season a success. And those who don't know what I'm talking about, look it up for a nice chuckle. Frank, you want to, you gotta, you gotta get your pick in at least. I know, I know we're gonna try to not all talk. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it short and and sweet. Um, I don't care about defense in the regular season. And I don't think it really impacts winning too much in the regular season. So give me the over. This team can score in bunches. They can shoot. And it kind of fit the mold of today's NBA. All right. Frank D'Antoni. I like it. I I like that a lot. Frank, I'm with you. I mean, defense obviously matters to a point. I think there may be a chance to have just enough. And this offense could be explosive, explosive. Not like just a good, fun offense, but like crazy explosive. I'm with you. And just for future reference, when you hear this noise... That means we ran out of time, and we have split up these teams into interesting, kind of interesting, and not that interesting. Not that interesting. They're going to get either two or three minutes. What do we decide on there? Two? Three? Two. Two, two minutes for the Cavaliers and, and, and company, and then you know maybe a team like the Hawks. I just gave them four minutes. We're going to give a team like the Nets maybe five minutes, six minutes. Obviously, we'll go over and under a little bit, but when you hear the noise, that's when you know to drop it like it's hot and move on to our next team, the Boston mm. Celtics, sitting at 45 and a half. Uh, the timer is now started. I'm giving them five minutes, Duff. Is that fair for you? I, I said four. Four for, four for the uh, most interesting teams. Okay. Four, Keep them moving. Four for the most interesting teams. And Kyle, we're going back to you right off the jump. 45 and a half. What's your take? ISO, and I'm going on the under, unfortunately. Um, the problem is, is that Kemba isn't 100%. He's still hurt. And I know he's coming back in January, sometime in January, but that's not only is that, you know, you might say, oh, it's not a lot of games. It doesn't really matter. But for chemistry and for getting back into a rhythm, getting back into game shape, that's pretty, pretty important. So, you know, they may lose some games that they, you know, on paper, they should not lose. But since they're going to be working kind of that chemistry back into it, that's why the preseason is so important. And since Kemba isn't going to be around for that, I really think that 45 is going to be tough to get. Um, you know, and you're going to have to get a lot of production from the bigs. You know, even though they're all a lot of defensive specialists, you know, Tice, uh, Grant Williams, Robert Williams, Tristan Thompson, 
who is going to be able to, you know, kind of combat or, you know, battle offensively against those bigs like Giannis and, you know, Embiid in, in that, in the Eastern conference. So that's, I think they're going to be an under. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I feel like a lot of people kind of have the same attitude they did last season about the Celtics, like um, addition by subtraction. They got rid of one mouth to feed, so they'll all be better, yada, yada, yada. And I guess people kind of feel the same way now that Gordon Hayward's gone, but I don't know if I necessarily subscribe to that. Um, You know, you have a better guy filling a role maybe he doesn't want to fill, but it's still better than having a guy who's not as good. So um, I still think they'll be very good. They'll still be one of the top teams, top four teams in the East for sure. But uh, I don't see him getting to 45. I'm going with the over. I'm going with the over. And I think the biggest acquisitions team made was through the draft and Peyton Pritchard and then free agency, Jeff Teague, because they struggled when Kemba was not on the floor to have a second ball handler. Brad Wanamaker, he tried, couldn't, could not get it done, in my opinion, as a as a second ball handler. And you know, he he would he showed some flashes, but it just wasn't enough. So I think those were the most important acquisitions they made, uh, along with Tristan Thompson as a veteran big man. But I'm looking for Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown take a big step forward this season because he only did positive things when he had the ball last season. So uh, especially in the playoffs, and then they would go away from the second half. So hopefully more. More minutes for more opportunities for Jalen Brown and better bench minutes from the backup point guard. Something that I find really interesting about this team, they they really kind of look at the big man position as something they can just figure out. They're fine with Robert Williams and maybe Grant Williams at some minutes at the five. Obviously, Tice is so solid there. He he really fills a great purpose against most teams in the league. Probably ninety percent of the teams in the league he fits great against. But now they have like too many big guys. They have both Williams, Grant and Robert Williams, Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tice. I'm curious who's going to end up being the like the game changer in that. I really want to see if Robert Williams can find that role where he comes in for like 18 to 22 minutes and dominates and is incredibly efficient, blocks some shots, gets out on the run. I think he actually takes a lot more minutes than we expect. And I, I kind of like Tristan Thompson. Am I weird for liking Tristan Thompson right now? Like on a good team, that no. guy serves a purpose. You know what I mean? Definitely. This, this is a good team. Offensive rebounding, he'll help tremendously. And I think you have two all-stars at, on this team. Even if Kemba Walker's out, I think Jalen Brown has a chance to make that jump. And I said it on the last podcast we did together. Tatum is my sneaky MVP pick. He goes up a percentage point. This team is also a professional basketball team in the sense that they don't take like games lightly very often. And they will play uh, you know, teams like the Nets and the Bucks, and it'll be a little bit of a tougher matchup, but they should just knock out some of these not-as-good teams. I like the over on the Boston Celtics. Great timing. That's why you're a pro. Yeah, well, you know, when you have the button to press yourself, you can wait like three seconds later, ten seconds later. I was, I think I was like ten <laughs> seconds later. I was trying to talk and hit the button and watch the timer. It was very challenging. Uh, but let's move on. I saw you reaching, but I wasn't going to let you game in the know. system. This is like gambling. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm, I'm gaming the system here. I do think that the Celtics, though, their 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 core is intact, and their others, I think, figure it out. They have enough swings on the others to, to make it work throughout the season and enough depth this year. On to the next team, though. Also, interestingly, 45.5 on the over-under. That's the Brooklyn Nets, and I think me and Duffy mark this as an interesting team. So, Duff, why don't you tick us off on the Brooklyn Nets? 
I mean, this is this is fascinating. This is the NBA's version of like the Real Housewives of Brooklyn. That's what this team is going to be. It's just going to be pure re- uh, reality TV. You got Kyrie Irving burning sage and performing exorcisms all over the every NBA arena. Uh, Kevin Durant. He's the reason I'm most excited for his team, obviously, because he's looked great in the preseason. And a league with a healthy Kevin Durant is that's the league I want, regardless of what team he's on. That guy's the best scorer of the generation and just extremely fun to watch. And obviously, they're in on the hardened sweepstakes. What's going to happen with that? Are they going to get rid of Are they going to gut their bench? You know, Dinwiddie, Lavert, you know, maybe Joe Harris, maybe Jared Allen. You know what's going to happen with uh with those guys in, a, in in some trade talks. You know, um, they're itching. They're itching to make the deal right now. It's up to the the Rockets, I suppose. But the Nets, they got one of the best local TV crews. They got the best local TV crew in the business. We talk about it all the time. So that's just going to be a really enjoyable team. You're going to get to watch a lot of cheese, a lot of cheese <laughs> per Iron Eagle, per sources. Uh, so that's that's why I love the Nets, man. I, it's it's gonna be fun. I can't wait to watch DeAndre Jordan knock one of his own teammates out to get a rebound. It's it's fun. Uh, yeah, the Nets are so interesting to me. I cannot wait to see what it looks like on the court. I'm going over here, right there with you, Duff. I mean, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant. I am so excited to watch this man play basketball again. I'm just really hoping he stays healthy. And if he does, that's all I need to know. If he's on the floor, that means he's healthy enough to play. And if he's healthy enough to play, that means he's 30 points a game. That means he's affecting the game in incredible ways. I think his defense, you know, will be the real question mark early to see how comfortable he is on those on those feet, on those Achilles, on whatever was injured or whatever had to get stronger throughout the injury. But that dude is special. But then I look at the rest of this team. I think Jared Allen makes another leap. He played really well in the bubble next to Karis LeVert. And you think about this team... You think about the James Harden sweepstakes, I'm out. I don't want to do it. Uh, same as the Sixers. I want to see what this team looks like first because even though Kyrie, Levert, Dinwiddie, and Durant is too many ball handlers, Levert and Dinwiddie look around the room and they know they need to work on the spot-up shooting. They need to become slashers, and they have what it takes to do so. I think they figure it out. I'm so excited to watch Steve Nash, but what it comes down to with the over-under, what percent of Kevin Durant are we getting? If we're getting 85 to 90% Kevin Durant, this team is a goddamn home run. I cannot wait to see what they got over on the Brooklyn Nets. Just look out for my boy, Spencer Dinwiddie. Sixth man of the year? I think so. I think it's possible here. I think it's not I think it's not crazy because as crazy as Dinwiddie can be and as you know maybe overconfident he is sometimes with uh, who he is as a player, I think that chip... Is, is is dug in on his shoulder, but he knows what he has to be on this team. He's going to lean into that role. If Kyrie goes down for a couple weeks, you know he can start. He can make plays. He can put points on the board. But as a six-man, he can dominate benches. Dominate. Over 45.5 on the Nets. Uh, I'm going to go under for the Nets. Uh, plain and simple, I think there's going to be a lot of load management going on. But... I mean, good point. out of all the teams in the East, you have to put them among the favorites to make the finals, assuming Kevin Durant and Kyrie are there when it's all said and done. I mean, that's obviously one of the top talent pools in the NBA. Uh, the NBA's kind of moved away from, like, superstar trios, and now there's a lot of duos, which is, like, you know, obviously they were trying to make a selling point last year. 
Um, Kyrie and Kevin Durant, mainly because of Kevin Durant, have a chance to be obviously one of the best duos in the NBA. So, obviously, if they if they play all seventy two games, it's the easiest over I think I've ever seen. But I just I don't see them pushing Durant like that if they're comfortably in a spot to to make the playoffs. It'd be a lot of load management. A lot of load management. All right, I'll I'll be quick. Yeah. Under. Uh, I think it's the under only reason why just, just chemistry early on and kind of curious to see how, uh, Kyrie and Kevin Durant get Karis and, uh, Karis LeVert and Joe Harris involved because they, they need them more than they, than, than they think, you know, that two, two guys that they desperately need, but you know, to contribute, but I don't know how, how well they get them involved. Yeah. Well, so. what's funny is the two of the reasons you and Frank kind of went to the under was like, what are they going to look like early load management injuries? Yeah. That's part of the reason why I still like the over is because I think Lavert and Dinwiddie are good enough to spell Kyrie and Kevin for a week at a time for a game here, a game there. And that's kind of why I like the over, but let's move on to our next team. Another one in our interesting category, getting a couple more minutes than maybe Duffy would like, but Duffy, guess what? This one wasn't your choice. It was our boy Frank Villani's choice. Frank Villani, talk to us about the That's Charlotte cool. Hornets over under 25 and a half. Shay wants to hear more. That's my dog. She's crying in the background. Give it to us, Frank. I got you. So I think the Hornets are interesting. It's the first time in probably the last, probably since we've been doing this, that I've actually wanted to talk about the Hornets. Um, and it's not as much LaMelo Ball as it is Gordon Hayward. Um, kind of to the point I just made about the Celtics, how they think it's addition by subtraction. Um, the Hornets are getting a guy that was a one A player at some point in his in his NBA career, and I, not that I think he's as good as he was then, but uh, he definitely could still ball. He definitely still put the ball in the hoop um, from the wing position, which is pretty valuable. And I think he actually offers an interesting like path to teach LaMelo ball how to mature in the league. He's actually a similar size to LaMelo and actually has a similar, similar way of scoring in the way of like, he can shoot the three, he can get to the basket. Um, he could help out teammates. So I, I think it's an easy over cause the numbers at 25 and a half, but um, I, I still don't see them as a playoff team. Um, but I do think they're actually interesting, and I probably will watch Hornets games, which I can't say I have in the past two seasons. Yo, Frank, I'm with you 100%. And that number 25 and a half, it's kind of weird to me. If I was going to take this as like a very serious like gambling opportunity, I would think that's a trap line because my, my head goes to the point, I imagine like public people would just bet on LaMelo and bet on the Hornets now because of LaMelo ball. But I guess, you know, the public isn't moving the line on an over under season total for the NBA. It's just not happening that way. So that's why I'm with you over. This team was friskier last year than most people remember. Devonte Graham, people don't want to bring him up now. What happened? Guy was incredible last year. Most improved. Like he did some really, really impressive stuff. And now we just don't want to talk about him. I don't think this team's getting respect. LaMelo is going to have a bunch of speed bumps along the way. But P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, these are up-and-coming players who are going to be more than just you know nice little young pieces. They're going to be very quality rotational pieces in this league, if not better. Over 25.5 feels easy because 27, 28, 30 wins is still six or more games under 500. 
Easy peasy lemon squeezy Hornets hit the over. I think the Hornets definitely hit the over as well. I actually changed. I don't know if anybody saw on the Excel sheet. I actually just changed my pick because I forgot about my guy, Devontae Graham. You know, if they if they are just in games at the end of games and keep things close, Devontae is going to be the guy that can close it out. You know, obviously you have Gordon Hayward as well, but there it's not just a you know one show pony for them anymore. Now you get uh you know Gordon Hayward and you know just Lamelo's you know he, he's he's going to be a general out there and I'm sure he's going to take opportunities to score, but you know like you said uh, Pete. Miles Bridges, just there's just a lot of energy, a lot of young energy. Not not this year. They're not going to be great this year, but I think 25 is a little low. So I'm going to go to go with the over. I'm taking the under. Prove it, Charlotte. Prove it. That's all I got to say. I'm not buying into your hype, dude. You're not into Caleb Martin and Cody Martin being on the same team. Prove it. <laughs> what about your guy, Scary Terry? Nothing to say. Prove it. <laughs> Nah, he already proved he wasn't worth that contract. James Borrego coaching it up? Nah, that guy's cool. All right, no doubt. You say your boy Rosilla loves James Borrego. Nah, he's a cool dude. Yeah. I know a guy who actually knows him. He says he's a cool dude. So I, I think I'm going James Borrego, cool dude. You don't have to prove that to me. I got it on good authority. <laughs> I think that the um I think that uh the big one to watch is PJ Washington. PJ Washington is the guy to look out for there. I mean, if he could put together so a more complete offensive game, you know, build off that rookie season that was very solid. He can be a guy to me, you know, a near 20-point guy. We know Devontae Graham can do. He showed it last year. If Gordon Hayward, we can argue how good he is to her blue in the face. But P.J. Washington's a swing guy for me. 25 and a half is too low, simply. It's too low. On to our next team. It's a team that we deem not interesting. I think we're going to run through this real quick. I mean, they have some interesting pieces, maybe. It's the Chicago Bulls. Their number is 30 and a half. Uh, that seems maybe a little high, but like I said, you look at their roster. They have guys who can play. It just seems like it doesn't fit at all. Does anyone have anything to say about the Chicago Bulls? Anybody at all? Yeah, I think I'm actually going to take the over on this team because I think they're they're just below 500. I don't, you know, I think they'll hover around that. Feels like a 11 seed, 10 seed. You know, playing seems to be their their target. Um. But just because of what you said, Pete, like that's why I find this team interesting. It's just this to me is kind of the island of misfit mid lottery picks with uh, Kobe White, Zach Zach Levine, Otto Porter, Lori Markman, Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, I, you know, a lot of people believe in Kobe White. I'm not one of them uh, necessarily, and I just think he's he's real small. You know, he just kind of reminds me of Darius Garland and and Colin Sexton in Cleveland, where he's just. Real small guy, loves to chuck it up. But Zach Levine is why this team's so interesting to me. And they got D- Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan now, hopefully, with a real coach instead of the boiling guy, making a punch in, punch out like a clown. So that's why I think this team is going to be a little more successful this season. Like a clown. <laughs> Get my guy Wendell Carter out of Chicago. That guy could be really good for a good team. Honestly, that's, a, that's the annoying part about this team. Kobe White... I don't love him either, but off the bench for a good team, very nice player. Like, could be a nice backup point guard. Otto Porter, you know, he's been injured recently, but has been healthy and successful in the past as like a fourth starter. Lori Marketing could score. Like, these guys are all individually talented, but we're not sure what they do together. 30.5 seems a little too lofty to me. I think they're in that 28 range, 29 range. I'm going slight under here. 
Another another Duke reference. I'm just saying. Wendell free, Carter. Free I love free free. Three Wendell, guys. Man. Three guys we've mentioned by now. I'm just saying. Free my guy. He's talented. He knows what's going on out there. Yeah. Let him do some stuff. Doc are a bunch of dudes from uh, Jersey and New York talking about Duke. Full city. Full <laughs> city, baby. That's ah. right. Jay Williams was the reason why I became a Duke fan. My dad told me, yo, you know that guy who goes to high school, like, you know, went to high school, you know, five minutes from here. Like, what? Bam. Duke. He went what? Oil, bro. He went what? Oh, yeah. We That's talked about I- Kobe White without saying any of this. That is not. Wow, bro. That's crazy. That's <laughs> so love, bro. Well, there it is. Frank, Kyle, over, under, just say it. Under. Under. Kyle, under. Under. Duff, you were on the over there. That's crazy. Did not expect that. That's love, though. That's so love. All right, on to our next so team. Love, we, bro. we got we got the uh, another team in our not interesting category. That's the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, what's interesting about this team? I got Somebody you, I got you Pete. I got you, Duck. Under. <laughs> yeah, I, I also got you. That's it. Uh, <laughs> under you see under under Andre Drummond's making TikToks. So he's not worried about basketball. He already knows. The most interesting part about this team is if Kevin Love will get traded or not. Like, do they have? No, honestly, that that's that's an insult to one person. That's uh, in, to literally one person. I am a fan of Kevin Porter. Have y'all seen Kevin Porter rip a little bit? Kevin Porter Jr., the other Porter Jr.? No? Uh, not. I cannot say I have. Okay, well, if you check out a Cavs game or they're playing your favorite team or for some reason you're real lonely and watching them on League Pass, Isaac Okoro's a rookie. He was a, a high pick. Look at him, see what he's got. And then I'm a Kevin Porter fan. Lefty, got some swag, got some juice. That's the only guy. That's it, but under. I don't know. Whatever, push. For some reason, you fall asleep taking a nap on the couch watching League Pass and the Cavaliers happen to be on TV and the remote is out of your reach. Check out Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, uh, and you know what? Just because I love Kevin Porter Jr., apparently, I'm going over just for that. And we didn't even get to two minutes, but we're already here. And we start the clock uh, on our next team. Well, we're going to start it in a second. It's the Detroit Pistons. And surprisingly, Frank and I both have these marked off as teams we wanted to talk about even though we're deeming them not interesting. Two minutes should be enough, Frank, uh, but kick us off. Line's 23 uh, and a half. Oh, 22 yeah. and a half on the Cavs. Thank you for, thank you for doing my job, Duff. Season. I appreciate you. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go with the over. I simply just think that a Blake Griffin-led team in the East will win more than 23 games. I can I see 24 as an easily attainable goal, uh, assuming Blake Griffin's healthy. Um I know they like their new rookie point guard, Killian Hayes. I don't know if he'll start right away, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. Um, yeah, I, I think actually Derek Rose is an interest, interesting person to kind of bring him along to. So give me the over. Uh, Blake Griffin's still much better than people maybe remember. Absolutely, Frank. It wasn't long ago, and this is why I marked them off myself, where Blake Griffin wasn't just, like, good. He was really good. He played... Two years ago, he played 75 games. He made his first All-Star appearance um, since the 2014-15 season. He made his what, sixth All-Star appearance in his career in 18-19. He averaged 24 points, seven rebounds, five and a half assists. He was shooting threes at 36%, taking step backs, running the whole offense with Derrick Rose, with uh, Killian Hayes. Their team, you know, they lost some, some guys who were kind of like semi-useful, but like whatever, like Langston Galloway. Uh, whatever, who cares? But they added Jeremy Grant. They added Mason Plumley, DeLon Wright, guys who are just 
you know, regular good basketball players at minimum. Jeremy Grant might be better than that. And the guy who I want to look out for here is Sekou Dumboya, big freak show athlete who, uh, you know, is real raw. He's like lanky. He doesn't know what's going on half the time, but he's exciting. He has a lot of talent. This is an easy over for me. It's actually, you know what? The first one of the podcast, I didn't. Even, I don't even think we told Kyle about this. We lock a couple on each conference. We lock one or two, maybe three if we're feeling frisky. Lock. Lock it in. It doesn't matter. 23 and a half. It's, that's low. Blake Griffin wins 30 by himself. That's an easy lock for me. I, I'm, I know the time already went off, but I'm going to lock that over too. For the same reason you just said. This team has too much talent to be you know, projected to be one game, one game better than the Cleveland Cavaliers. One yeah, game. That's an insult that's just, to Blake Griffin and Jeremy Grant and Demboya and Dwayne Casey. It's just an insult. Massive. Shout out Sadiq Bay. Nova. Nova guy. Oh, is Sadiq the, Bay on this in squad the words too? Of my boy Stephen A. Well, what what happened? What up, Sadiq Bay on the squad too, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, man. Hey, listen. In the words of my boy Stephen A, you can book it. It's a lock. It's 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 what? an over. It's Shout enough. out uh, Svima Kailuk, the Ukraine maker Dude. as well. That's just a sick. <laughs> Yo, Svima Kailuk can rain, by the way. He can really rain. He has a jumper that's no joke. This team is not bad. I don't understand how this line is so low. I know now we're going like almost three and a half minutes on the on the Pistons here. This line is way too low. <laughs> that's fine. We can still just steal this minute from the next team, the, uh, uh, the Indiana Pacers. Just downgrade them. Downgrade the next team. Downgrade them. Pacers, you've been downgraded. All right, yeah. Clock has started go. on the Indiana Pacers. The number is 30, 39 and a half on the Indiana Pacers. That feels uh, who wants to go? so high. Duffy, yeah. go for that it. That might be so, another lock. That's so high to me. That's, there's just one team, I feel like, in, in both conferences each year that's just like you think is going to be, you know, uh, like a top, you know, Garrett lock, top, top six seed. Let's go. That, that team's a lock. And then just turns out it's not. Pacers feel like that team to me this year. Oladipo's not happy. They just uh, they just got a new coach. So, you know, I think Malcolm Brogdon is going to ball out. I think DeMontis Sabonis is going to ball out. We're going to find out TJ Warren was a real, was a not real in the bubble. Miles Turner feels like a trade piece. And then after that, I mean, you got the Holiday Brothers. So that's, that's, that's a brother combo. You mentioned the Martin Twins. That's a brother combo I'm interested in is the, uh, the Holiday Brothers. So. Yeah, that's the, why I like the Holiday Brothers. Actually, like kind of matter. Interesting. I think the they're going to be like kind of a little bit of a hot, like a dumpster fire this season with uh, a lot of ups and downs. Who's their new coach? I forget. Never heard of him. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I, I don't know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> they, they like, they're they're the team that gave Nate McMillan uh, um, an the extension, extension and then the just after. fired him like within Nate a month. Borg that's, Borggren. That's, Oh God! Corcoran? Hey, is he? If he's one of those like assistants who came in with like some crazy ideas, who knows? His team may be good again. Maybe they're unlocking the yeah, offense. From I just, yeah, it, you know the, what they what they did to to Nate McMillan is just ridiculous. And at least if they kept him, him, yeah, you know, at least he's getting paid. Whatever, but you know you what? Know, if they kept him, I would probably say, you know what? I might I might hit the over on this if they kept him. Honestly, just because, dude, you got the same coach. You don't have to learn, you know, a new, an entire new system. And you, you know, I'm sure Old Depot probably wouldn't be talking about leaving if they kept, you know, McMillan. He's probably looking at the organization right now, like, dude, what the hell are we doing? Like, why am I here? You know, I got to get the hell out of here for my careers, you know, damn near over. So yeah, you're going to re-sign this coach to a, a multi-year, multi-million dollar deal and then literally two weeks later fire him? 
Right. That's just it's not BS, man. That does not instill confidence. That's uh, bad business. The only thing I'll say, though, is like, there is a chance that the new coach, who I know zero about, if he has like a new mindset uh, for offense, like he could, in theory, unlock this a little bit. Maybe make let Miles Turner shoot some more threes, be the real stretch five. Goja Bitazzi, if he if he figures it out a little bit, there's a chance this team does some things. But the the chance Who do of the them, Pacers think they are, yeah, the, they, exactly. Four seed at best. Who and, do they think they are? But they're a four seed at best. But they're really more of like a six, seed, uh, five six. seed at bed at best. And like that might still be 38 wins. You know what I mean? Like so, I'm going under. But I also think this team is just very solid. Maybe a bit more interesting in the playoffs than years past. Brogdon takes a leap. Oladipo, we have to see if he's right. Sabonis is really good. That's all I have to say. Let's move on. No one's talked that much about the Pacers outside Indianapolis since Reggie <laughs> Miller was on the team. Uh, all right, Miami Heat, they, they're the next team. Line is 44.5. I took the over on this. I'm going to get it started. This this team, hashtag Heat culture, first and foremost. i got to say. Yeah. Drank everyone who had that, who was playing that game. Uh I mean, this team went to the finals last year, and they've they've kept everyone on board except for Jay Crowder. I don't think that's an extremely detrimental loss. Uh, they now have Avery Bradley, so I think that's a pretty fair one for one. Uh, I just I just think Tyler Hero is going to continue to get better. Jimmy Butler is going to continue to be who he is. Goran Dragic, I think, is going to maintain. Duncan Robinson, I don't think he's going to shoot at that insane level he was shooting. It's it's damn near impossible for anyone to keep that pace. So. But I, I just think collectively this team fits really well together and Bam Adebayo is the glue and he's the centerpiece that keeps everyone everyone honest, keeps everyone in their roles. He's the he's more malleable, you know. If you need more rebounds, he can go do that. If they're playing against a bunch of big guys, he's gotta defend the rim, he could do that. Gotta step out, switch on the pick and rolls, he could do that. Hit open cutters, open shooters, take it to the basket on this face up post game, he could do all that stuff. So I'm, I believe in the Heat. I'm taking the over. I still think this team is going to be going to be rock solid after their uh, their finals run. I'm with you, Duff. Forty four and a half. I got to take the over, man. They're, I mean, they they lose Crowder, and they get back Avery Bradley and Mo Harkless. So they pretty much have their entire team back. You get more experience with Tyler Hero, Bam, Duncan Robinson, guys that were in the finals, you know, let alone just playoff experience for our young kid like like Hero and and Bam and Duncan, that's going to pay dividends. And I really think Duncan Robinson is going to take his game to the next level. I think he's going to ball out just because, you know, just as a as a shooter in in the league to perform at that level, yes, it will be very tough to replicate. But now I think he'll be able to find other ways to get his shot off. Not necessarily all, you know, not all catch and shoot threes. Now you may be seeing some some pull ups or him getting more pin downs, whatever it is. Also, you know, if this my my you know my humble opinion, if this team stays healthy, I think they're a lock to get into the conference finals. That's that's what I think. They they just have they're too tough for and mental and physically tough than than every other team. I mean, besides maybe the Lakers in the league. Like they're they're just a tough tough team, and when you have Jimmy Butler as your main guy, the guy that never get that never loses at the Y, you're you're gonna be in good shape when it comes to playoff time. He ain't lost at the Y since O two. Real dude, they're still waiting yeah. on him to get off the court right now. Uh, easy over for me as well. 
Um, I'm going to lock it in. Uh, my guy Tyler Hero has single uh, has single-handedly raised the stock of all white American basketball players. So bump the chest and point to the sky respect to you um if you've been here you know i'm a huge bam guy so i'm not gonna keep going on kind of already hit on all the points um just a a well put together team with a good competitive edge uh which definitely pays dividends so easy go ahead go ahead put andre agadala on ice until the playoffs just let him (laughs) he's your he's an additional assistant coach that's all he is that's that's Uncle Luke. Let him go chill at the club and call him when you need him. Him and Udonis Haslam <laughs> on the coaching staff payroll until uh, until playoffs roll around. Oh my God! I mean, yeah. the one guy you guys didn't mention is uh, Precious, my boy Precious Ashwa. Is I don't I don't know how to say his last yeah, name. Is that right? I Jersey like, St. I, Benedict's. Yeah, bro. Shout Shua? out Jersey. I like Ashua. Yeah, I think Ashua is is correct. I like him a lot. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, I like him a lot. I do like this team a lot. But something that I've heard a lot about the Lakers but not about the Miami Heat. The shortest offseason of all time. That's one thing you guys are missing. Do they care about being a top two seed, a top three seed? I don't think they do that much. I think 44 is their pinpoint spot. They're a four or five seed. Again, just like they were last year, they're a nightmare to play seven games in a row because of that mental toughness. I do think maybe away teams coming into uh, Miami this year without the going out nightlife could be a little bit of an advantage to those away teams or less oh, of an advantage. Wide open. Uh, that's a good point. Florida uh, is Florida was lit as hell right now. Hey, yeah, but but hey, Pete, who, COVID who do you rules see out. Load management now. What's like, good? You know, like, no, no, like not particularly. Jimmy Butler. Jim- load management is a curse word to Jimmy Butler. How dare you? Facts. That's all I'm saying. I'm like, yo, man. Goran, Goran Dragic maybe he, he might he might get load managed. I don't know. I'm just saying. He's from a war torn country. He's not getting load managed. <laughs> <laughs> My man is fighting for every meal right now. I think. I just think <laughs> just everyone's sign that, sign that deal. Everyone's talking about the La- the Lakers made all these additions of new young pieces. Now, granted, none Hero, Duncan, Bam are all young to begin with. Mo Harkless is young enough to to let it ride. He played with the Knicks at the end of the last year, so he has fresh legs. It's fine. I forgot to hit the buzzer like a minute ago. Anyway. Uh, I, I'm just going under here because I think I just think that there's a little bit of a hangover where the regular season to this team is going to matter, but there'll be just enough fatigue to where they're just gonna they're gonna ride it out a little bit and make sure they're tuned up and ready to rock for the playoffs, and they're gonna be okay with 44 wins. I'm going slight under on the Heat, slight. All right, all right. No one's talking about it. Everyone's saying the Lakers are gonna be you know struggling from the short off season. Nobody's saying the heat. Now, granted, I know it's the heat culture. I get it. I get it. But I'm going slight, slight under because they were not a dominant team in the regular season last year. The bubble might have been their perfect, perfect storm. Anyways, on to our next team. The highest win total in the league, I believe. Let me check. Yes, 49 and a half for the Milwaukee Bucks. Obviously, we know Drew Holiday. Obviously, know what they've done in regular seasons past. This year, though, what's it going to look like with Drew Holiday, with Giannis trying to shoot more maybe? I'm not exactly sure what's going on there, but 49 and a half, um, totally Kyle. You got to, I don't know why I said totally Kyle. That's what it says in our Excel sheet. Um, that's what it's, uh, you have them marked as an interesting team, so take the floor. <laughs> yes. Listen, man, I, 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 this is my lock, I guess, because, you know, I didn't, this is, like I said, this is my first, my first, uh, over under, but I have written down here uh, next to my the only thing I have written down next to the Bucks are for forty nine and a half is heavy under in all caps. 
just because I do I do not mm. think forty I do not think fifty is attainable with this team. They lost a lot, you know, for what they got. You know, they they whatever. Okay, they got Eric Bledsoe. Supposed to get Bogdanovich. Don't get Bogdanovich. They have uh obviously Giannis back. DiVincenzo. All right, great. But is that really is that roster right now, you know, as great as they can play defensively, is that roster like a make or break? You know, that's is that a guaranteed lock for the final? Is that a guaranteed, you know, hey, this this roster right now is better than any other roster in the East? I can't I can't I can't agree with that. You know, if anything, I would say that then you know, Nets, Celtics, and Heat all have and, and probably the Sixers all have better rosters than them right now. So it's just I, I think that's way too high, and that's gonna be my lock, uh my second lock for the for the East. I, how um, dare you? How dare you re- disrespect the regular season wizard that is Mike Budenholzer? That man has a, hasn't won fewer than fifty games in his career. I don't know if that's true. Don't look it up. But in eighty two <laughs> games, in eighty two games, in eighty two games. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Right. Uh, like if this was eighty two, it'd be what like a fifty four over under approximately. Yeah. It'd be, so yeah, yeah it'd be higher. Which um, is not that high. I, I'm going over. Like the same way I told the Charlotte Hornets to prove it. You got to prove to me that the Bucks are gonna win less than fifty games at any point in time with the reigning MVP on their team. So, uh. I'm I'm riding with the riding with the Bucks. I just think they they're too in the same way the Heat kind of have that that systemic pot like uh, competitiveness about them. I think in the regular season that the Bucks have worked it down to a science, and it's just kind of that simple when he, when you're talking about that team for me. So I'm excited. I'm excited for the Bucks in the regular season. Mm. In the regular season, I'm excited. <laughs> when you yeah, say when you say excited, though, you mean like you're looking forward to know, see no. what they look like on the floor because of Drew Holiday, or just because they're going to win? Like, to me, the intrigue on this team I, outside I'm of I'm always excited to watch Giannis. I mean, that's fair. Giannis, this uh, this roster is booty, man. Compared to everybody else in the East, like I'm just looking at the I'm looking at the all right the 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 rotational guys right now: DJ Augustine, Bryn Forbes, Pat Connaughton. Bobby Portis, Dante DiVincenzo, Torrey Craig. Is that the is that the best bench in the East? I I can't co-sign that. It doesn't Dante have to be because they start. have because they have the single best player in the East, probably. I, I get it. I get it. And, but it's it's just and I just think floor, then what? If it doesn't matter if he's down on the floor. It doesn't matter. Because uh, I don't know. he's got he's got an air of dominance to him that we haven't seen since a player like Shaq. And I kind of hope he, like, really leans into it. And if he shoots, like, more than an 18-foot jump shot with more than 12 seconds on the shot clock, I'll literally lose my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you saw him, and you see him chucking in preseason, so you know what he's trying to do. I'm just, I'm just saying, baby. I'm just but, saying. But, I'm again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to err on the side of, of hopefulness here oh. and i just want to see him around the rim because i really don't think there's a single person in the league besides maybe bam Adebayo who who can even really throw him a curveball so hey and, and you're right though frank and i wish if this was the preseason you should see his ass around the rim working more on his post game the 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 exact reason why they weren't successful in the playoffs that's just me 
I don't know. It, it's it seems like he's so stubborn on trying to become a, a perimeter player. He just doesn't realize, dude, you're the biggest guy on the court. It's great to have an outside inside, but like, dude, work yourself in and out. Like, it, it, the Heat built, you know, built the wall in the playoffs, and you know, whenever they play them for a reason. And if you start on the block as opposed to the three point line, there are easier buckets to get. It's just that's to me, it's that simple. But I, I, I'm with so. you, Kyle. Also, something to to look at with this team is like the shooting. Where's the shooting come from? Drew Holiday is a, a, a really, really good player. He's not an incredible shooter. He's a he's a nice shooter. Chris Middleton's a good shooter. We don't love him. Brooke Lopez actually shot kind of bad last year. And then we're looking at, you know, Brent Forbes can let it rip, but he's like the biggest liability on defense. So is DJ Augustine. I, I'm not as convinced on this team. And based off math, if you've been listening to me and my pick so far, I have a lot of overs. I have a couple unders in a row now. I'm going with another under. I think this Eastern Conference, you know, it's just a little tighter this year. I think maybe the Bucks can still be the one seed, but maybe at 47, 48, 49 wins. I don't know if we have a 50-win team, uh, 50-win team uh, this year in the Eastern Conference. In the, in the league, we might not have a 50-win team. I mean, granted, we'll see one probably come out and just rip off a bunch of wins and have a good shot at it. Uh, but I think the Bucs can go under here, and I'm just I'm with you, Kyle. I'm not convinced on this entire roster right now. Yeah. All right, time to move on. Time to move on to Pete and Frank's favorite segment of every over under pod, the Knicks. 22 and a half is the line. Same thing as the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, And if you, if you recall the tier list that we had made, I had the Knicks ranked one in the yikes department. So I think they should be at least a game ahead of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm I'm going to, I'm going to start this one off. Knicks fans. I'm riding with you this season. I, I think from what I've seen in the preseason, and from how I felt about Obi Toppin, how I felt about Kevin Knox, almost gave up on him. Didn't. It's going to be a good year between Kevin Knox and Lonzo Ball for me and for uh, Pete. I just think the Knicks are going to be actually fun to watch this season if you're if you're a Knicks fan. Like you're going to have between R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, uh, and Emmanuel Quickly. You are always going to have someone. One of those guys is going to have a good game. You know, even throwing Amari Spellman there. Like, one of those guys is going to have a good game every night. So there's always going to be a young piece to point to and say, all right, you know, like, he's shown some flashes, you know, this, that. There's no old heads on this roster that's going to be taking away any minutes except for, you know, Julius Randle, Nerlens Noel. That's fine. You know, Austin Rivers, you need those guys to kind of spot up a little bit. Dennis Smith Jr., if he gives you anything, that's a fat bonus. So I'm excited for the Knicks. And I say that unironically this season. I'm definitely taking the over because I think they're at least a game better than the than the Cavaliers. So I'm uh, taking the over, 22 and a half. Go yeah. to work, Frank. Yeah, I uh, I usually go under when we talk Knicks in these pods, and I'm usually very pessimistic about the outlook. But I last pod I gave my like too early knee-jerk reaction on Obi Toppin, but... I actually still feel the same way. I think he has some kind of like leadership qualities and there's like an air of hard work about him and just energy, which I think is kind of manifested itself in the preseason. We kind of talked about it pre-show and stuff, just aggressive, how aggressive Kevin Knox has been and, and stuff like that. Like you said, there'll be, there'll be something to take home from every Knicks game this year, which is definitely not something we could say about years past. Like, I I can name any number of circumstances, but the one that specific comes to my mind because we just mentioned him 
was a first half last year where Bobby Portis had attempted 14 shots already. And again, like another situation, I wanted to rip my hair out of my head. Like why is Bobby Portis taking 14 shots on this team full of young unproven guys who need opportunity? So at least we won't have any of that this year. Give me the over. I'm with you, Frank. I I, got to go with the over also, man. And it's it's been really really nice to see Kevin Knox start to kind of take his game to the next level. And we were talking about it before. Um, he he was he was somebody that I was definitely kind of you you can say it yeah yeah I can say it I freaking gave up on him. All right, he was it was pretty bad to watch him for the past couple of years. And just at least just from seeing this these couple preseason games, it's been, it's been promising. You can tell that he's developing. And I just think just the energy like from this team, like this is a long, active, defensively, you know, defensive team. You know, we have Noel, Mitchell Robinson, uh, you know, Toppin in the middle. Like there's there's some guys that, you know, at least just in the middle, you know, on the perimeter. RJ isn't afraid to guard somebody. Like it's I don't know, man. We're we have a promising future, and this is probably the first time in a really long time that I'm excited to watch the Knicks play basketball. So it's 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 really cool, and I can't wait for Wednesday. Yeah, man. I, I couldn't believe it when I signed into the Google Doc before we started recording, and we all marked off the teams we're like most interested in. So we'll, you know, we'll each try to talk about a couple teams more than others and whatnot. And all three of you guys marked off the Knicks. I was like, what? I didn't even have to do it. I'm not even the one who has to be over here marking off the Knicks. I know Kyle and Frank are both Knicks fans too, but you know, Frank is not usually one to mark off the Knicks. Kyle, you and I probably are. Duffy marked off the Knicks. I was like, oh my God, we might have something here. And uh, Emmanuel quickly. I mean, if you've watched this guy in preseason, he I know Ooh. it's preseason. He has been so freaking solid and electric on it. Really uh, like, not only has he been like, a quality, sound player on the court, knows what to do with the ball, calm in most situations. He's also been a spark plug, which is not something you usually get out of a young man. I think he can work his way into the rotation, maybe even the starting lineup before we know it. And uh, this sneaky, sneaky upgrade of an offseason has been R.J. Barrett for me. His free throws are looking better. His jump shot's looking a little bit cleaner. I've said it since he was drafted. I don't think he's great right now. But he is a type of dude you look at and say, I trust that this guy wants to be really, really good. And when you have a guy who cares that much, who wants to be the man, who wants to be really good, they get better every offseason. And the Knicks have had, uh, like, eight teams in the league have had an incredibly long offseason now. And he looks like a guy who took advantage of it. I think he takes a massive leap. He was sneaky, like 14 or 15 points a game uh, last year as a rookie. I think he can jump up to 19 points a game this year. The whole roster, I think everybody's just pulling in the same direction finally, and that's all we've been asking for for the Knicks. So don't get this twisted. Our excitement is about the stepping stones the Knicks are reaching. It's not about the eight seed. It's not about them sneaking into the playoffs. It's about them playing competent basketball where they are respectable opponent to anybody who comes to the Garden or anybody who has them coming into their home court, they are now, or they they should be now, a competent basketball team who knows what to do, who kind of knows who to play, kind of knows who to play. We'll see how the rotations work out. But goddamn, this team has the juices flowing. And we have our first four across, 
Four overs. I'm going over as well. 22 and a half is mm. very low. I just don't think they're the worst team in the league, and that puts them over 22 and a half. I'm so excited as well to watch this team figure out how to play basketball the right way. Yay, four calls. You know what that means, America. Hammer the under. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, dude, I know we hit the timer on the Knicks already, but, man, you watch this team in preseason, you're like, oh, my God, they have an energy that makes sense. They have players who are playing hard. And I said this on a couple pods ago with Alec. Um, They have guys who, like, need this season. It's make or break for, like, four or five guys on this roster. They want to get paid. They want to be, you know foundational pieces in this league, it's it's now or never for them. And if they don't show up, they're out. And the guys who do show up will get the minutes and they'll be exciting. And it'll be a, 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 it's the good type of bad. That's what we're rooting for, the good type of bad. They should still be top five lottery odds, but they should win over 22 games, pretty much. On to our next game, our next team, uh, a team deemed not interesting. They're like a poor man's Indiana Pacers, and that's not really a good thing. It's the Orlando Magic. We, we know the story here. The number's 31 and a half. They've been an eight seed, you know, every year for the past five, it seems like. Vucevic, good player. Aaron Gordon, nice player. Fournier gets buckets, whatever. Markel Fultz is the most interesting guy for me on this team, but this team's not that interesting. 31 and a half. I'm going over just because they have a bit of a foundation there where they play hard, they play decent defense, they have some guys who who play. I see a step for Markel Fultz. I think they're closer to 500 then five games under, but they're not 500. I see 32, 33, 34 wins for this team, but whatever. It's the magic. They're not exciting. They're they're the bad type of mediocre, not the good type of mediocre, not the good type of bad. They're the bad type of mediocre, and that's what it is. What it is. Uh, I hope Markel Fultz lives up to that $50 million extension he just signed. How uh, Jonathan Isaac got an $80 million extension is Quite confusing to me. I mean, when he uh, played, he looked awesome, but he's hurt again. He's out. I feel like he's played 30 games in his career. Last year before he got hurt, he looked really good, which just sucked that he got hurt, though. It's a lot of money for someone I can't recall playing basketball. <laughs> a sing- a single point. play. It's been so long. <laughs> and shout out, shout out to Cole Anthony. I knew bro. that was – if I could have bet you on anything – If I can bet – if I could have bet on anything in the world right now, I would have put the house on Kyle bringing up Cole Anthony. <laughs> Listen, bro. That dude can play, man. He can flat out play. And even though, you know, he had a little like kind of a, a rough stint, you know, he's hurt for half of the year at Carolina last year. He he's just a headache. You know, he can he can score at all levels, he gets other people involved. He's got, you know, he's he brings great energy. He's a New York guy. Like you can easy he's, he's a tough kid. Like I don't know, man. It, it's there there aren't a lot of uh you know, rookies that you kind of watch instantly and you're like, yo, man, this kid, he's got it. Or, you know, hey, this kid, he he knows knows his way around the basketball court. You can just tell he has an, an automatic feel of the game already. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to see him. I'm just going to echo past sentiments from my boy Duff and hold it against the Orlando Magic. I don't give a shit about Orlando. Uh, so out of spite, I'll their court the is under. ugly to look at. Change, change cities, and maybe I'll change my under. I picked the over, but I res- I respect the hell out of that take, Frank. Hell yeah! <laughs> All right, justice for Seattle. 
<laughs> on to our next team. This is a team that we deemed interesting for obvious, obvious reasons. Uh, Duffy, ISO ball. It's Sixers time, baby. Oh, and the number is 45 and a half, which, for reference, same exact number as the Celtics and the Nets, one game above the Heat. 45 and a half, Sixers, Duffy, ISO ball. Taking over. I just think Daryl Morey is worth five games himself, just putting a team together. So I'm 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 taking the over off the bat. I'm telling everyone that right now. Um, this team got more shooting. Danny Green, Seth Curry, hopefully Shake Milton's balling out. Tyrese Maxey, I'm excited for him. You know, Kyle got me hyped up. I'm not gonna lie, Kyle, that's Kyle's guy. I he's yeah. got me he's got me hyped up on it. I've I've adopted him as one of my own as well. And I'm hoping Matisse Thibel just kind of rounds out as a as an offensive threat because defensively he could not get better and he would still be you know first team all defense for like the rest of his career. So we all know what it is with Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Simmons going to add stuff to his game. Is Embiid going to be in shape uh, or play himself into shape? And are they going to trade for James Harden? You know, I think that's a a question that's going to be asked until someone trades for James Harden and we have an answer for it. But for now, we're asking it each and every day until it happens. I'm st- I, I told you guys, I'm going back and forth, you know, every day. In the morning, I wake up, and I'm firmly with Ben Simmons. By the time I get to work, I'm, I'm all in on James Harden. And by the time I'm eating lunch, I'm thinking, damn, I think I was just hungry. I didn't, I didn't actually want James Harden. I just needed some Chipotle. And then so I, I can't figure it out. So we'll, we'll see what's going to happen. I think no matter what they do, it's going to be the wrong thing. But that's just because the way my brain is wired and I'm, I live a sad life. So that's it. That's all I got. I mean, I'm looking forward to watching Seth Curry and, uh, Tobias Harris. I hope he just, I, I don't know. I don't even know what to do with that guy anymore. So I don't even know. Hey, one of the first things, Oh, <laughs> a, a confident <laughs> over from, from your boy Duff. <laughs> over. <laughs> one of the first things I saw in that, in that preseason game with the Celtics was the pace that the Celtics, I mean, that the Sixers were playing at. You could tell they are getting the ball out of the rim or just off the back, off the, you know, backboard off the rim and running. Like, they are going. And I think that's just a great pace to get Ben Simmons involved and get, you know, you you see Seth Curry is now, you know, they're moving the ball around. Now Seth Curry is getting the secondary, you know, drag ball screen you know, catching the ball in the middle of the court. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, all right, Seth. Like, Seth's getting some touches. Like, he's, he's, he's not strictly coming off of screens. Like, dude, let him cook, man, because he can play. And I think the more that now, obviously, you're starting to get more guys involved. And and my biggest thing, I, you know, one of the first things I probably said on this pod when I, when I jumped on was just that them losing J.J. Redick was such a big loss for them just because they didn't have another shooter. There was no spacing. And Embiid needs that to work, and so does Ben Simmons. So not having another shooter, now everyone's clogging the paint and no one can operate. You get Seth Curry out there, and you have um, – who else did they pick up? Uh, they picked Danny up Green. Danny Green also, sorry. That, that's Those are two shooters that are going to stretch the floor, and now people can, can, can cut and operate, and there's more spacing on the floor, which they need for the Sixers, man. I, I, I think Doc Rivers is going to do a great job. However, with that all that said, I think they're going to be an under, but I think it's going to be like a 43-44. Just not going to wow. be a 45. So, have to stay healthy. I, stay healthy. I, I just love the fact that Kyle hyped the Sixers up, takes the under. Duffy, like, rips them apart, takes the over. <laughs> I mean, there's just there's no question about it. I'm ready, I'm ready to get hurt again. Literally, like, this is the way I look at it. 
it's like, you know, when football happens, some people will be like, oh, like this one linebacker's out. Like, how can you bet on that team? Well, you know, position players don't really move spreads that much in football for a reason. Because, like, it's really about the team, the scheme, and the quarterback, right? That's what it comes down to. When it comes to the Sixers, I think about that similarly. Yes, maybe, you know, they, they don't have as many guys as they did last year, but they have more guys who fit and are going to do the right things on the court. I cannot wait to see the two-man game between Ben Simmons and Seth Curry. I think that's so ex- exciting. I think Seth Curry takes the starting role from Danny Green at some point in the season, and I think it could be sooner than later because he, he can be that good off-ball, a little bit of on-ball. He tries real hard on defense, and he'll be hidden by Ben Simmons and Tybal. Great defensive tandem right there. So I think everything went wrong for the Sixers last year. Everything went wrong. It was a season from hell. New blood, finally a new coach. This just puts out a positive vibe to the Sixers, which leads them to more wins. I'm taking the over. I'm going to take the over as well. Um, cite one specific reason. My man Doc Rivers is on a is on a world torching tour. Uh, kind of got neutered mm-hmm. last year, I feel, as head coach of uh, Kawhi and Paul George and. I don't know really how much uh, from a coaching standpoint his his basketball stuff was taken into account. I feel like those guys probably just ran with and did what they wanted to do, and that's why they're in the situation they are now in L.A. So I kind of fully expect Doc to uh, strap up and, and take the league by storm. Let everyone know. Put him on notice. There you go. That's good stuff. I can't wait. The Sixers are so freaking interesting. You can't help. You can't help but look at that team and be like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see what they look like. I just cannot wait. Um, What's the over-under from opening night to when I just lose my freaking mind? uh, Second quarter. So you're all out on Doc Rivers again? (laughs) I give it a week and a half. I was going to say the second quarter of the first game, and then by the fourth quarter, you're back in. I'm back in after that Matisse Thibel buzzer beater. Exactly. Right. The The first bad OTO he sees, he's going to lose his shit. He's no, gonna lose no, his no, shit. no, 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 no. Nothing no. can be I'm, worse. I'm, I'm, I'm up. You can't go anywhere but up from the bottom. You can't. <laughs> oh my gosh, poor can't Brett wait. Brown. Brett Brown couldn't do it right. Not one time. Not never. All right, on to our next team. We have the Toronto Raptors. We have two teams left in the Eastern Conference. The Raptors and the Wizards will hit the Raptors here. Uh, I think they're a semi-interesting team. We have them in the middle. We'll give them three minutes here. I mark them off as interesting, uh, just because they're a team that flies under the radar. They're kind of like the Heat in a sense where, like, they're so solid throughout. They don't have the Kawhi Leonard anymore, obviously. Just like, you know, Jimmy Butler's a star, but they don't have one dude who's going to give you 30 every night. They don't, but they have a team that will give you everything you need. Kyle Lowry, proven now, respected now. Fred Van Vliet got paid. He's ready to rock. But the one guy who I'm looking at to take a big, big leap in Toronto or Tampa, they're playing in Tampa, right? The Tampa Bay Raptors. OG Ananobi. Add in some stuff to offense this year. I can feel it now. I think over 41 and a half. You know, it's a nice number. Six games above 500 might be a little bit lofty, but I think they get there just because they're so damn solid. They'll be in a weird bubble the entire season, which might wear on them a bit. It's going to be tough, not going to lie, not playing in Toronto, but too solid of a team. Just too damn solid. Nick Nurse, too good of a coach. OG takes a leap. Pascal gets back to normal. Over 41 and a half on the Raptors. Uh, easy over uh, the Kings of the regular season, probably for like the past five years, I'd say. Uh, just 
perennially show up to every game in the regular season. They still have enough talent to do it, especially in the East. Uh, easy over, easy over. I'm taking the under on this team. I worry about their big man depth. They got Aaron Baines and then Chris Boucher. They lost Marcus Gasol. They lost Serge Ibaka, two important veteran leaders. And I, I'm actually going to take, I'm going to take the under on this team. You know, I. They got they got a great backcourt: Kyle Lowry, Fred VanVleet, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, couple forwards who are absolutely rising stars, along with Norman Powell off the bench. But I just think against these bigger teams in the East, like the Sixers, like the Bucks, who's going to guard Kevin Durant? You know, it's going to be Pascal Siakam. That's tough trying to go trying to go uh, up and down the court, playing a major role on offense and defense, and the most important role on defense. And uh, same thing when you're going against a team like the Heat with Bam Adebayo. I just think they lack front court depth. That's why I'm I'm uh, hit the under. And also, they're playing like they're playing in Florida. They're used to playing in Toronto. They're going to be away from their families potentially. I just think organizationally, this season is going to be such a grind for them that other teams aren't going to have to deal with. They just got that extra obstacle, you know. Like I, I, I think that's going to be real tough on them. That's probably a great call by you, to be honest. Nah, he's overthinking it. <laughs> yeah, heck you, Duff. <laughs> yeah, I think I think just the over. I'm gonna go with the over. Uh, they're gonna shoot themselves out of the big man situation that they have. You just mentioned Duff, and they're gonna be in Tampa, so they're not gonna be all tight as hell. They're gonna be nice and warm, nice and loose, nice and what did you say? Moisten pallets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> might have a point about them playing in Florida though, instead of Toronto. Like spirits just might that's, be higher in the middle of January, yeah, February, dude. when it's like seventy a, degrees out and not that's a nice, seventy. That's a nice switch up. So, but but honestly, I just I just think they're you know you give uh, Van Vliet a, a bigger role, you know that that obviously he's deserved, and you know maybe that makes up for for the loss of Ibaka and some of these role guys, Marcus Hall. We'll see. I think Boucher uh, is the guy to watch there, too. I think Boucher, you said about the front court, Duff. It's a totally fair argument. But Marcus All, especially in the regular season, like, you know, he wasn't making loads of impact. I mean, he knows what he's doing. He's really, really smart. We know that Serge Ibaka was probably the better. He's like a defensive general on that team, though. For I sure. I think that's so important. It, you can't replace that with anyone on the roster. That's very true. But if you look at the big men, you can really platoon the center minutes with Baines and Boucher. And then you throw in Alex Len. He can get by for like 10 minutes a game. And I think it's just enough. And the rest of the team is just good enough to where it won't matter as much. And uh, Nick Nurse, man. I mean, he deserves all the credit. Like DeAndre Bembry is a guy who I liked in Atlanta. Never really took off. I think he's a guy who comes into this situation, plays incredibly hard on defense, moves the ball well. And if he could shoot the ball a little bit, he adds something to this team. Uh, really, really strong. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I just, I'm basically saying, Nick Nurse, I trust you, and the rest of this team is very, very solid. That's why I'm going over. But let's move on to our last team in the Eastern Conference. I will say, clap, claps to us. That's me clapping into the mic a little bit. We're at an hour and ten minutes right now. Hey, when wow. we do a regular pod, we're like an hour and a half, easy peasy. So this is not bad. So Frank, you marked off. Well, I actually marked it off for you because I know you like this team a lot right now. So I also like this team a lot. But talk to us about the Washington Wizards. The number is 32 and a half, which is under 500. So we're saying, not where, Vegas is saying that a Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal-led team with some other little pieces here and there is under 500 by three or four games. That's tough for me. Frank, what do you think? 
Uh, I'm going to take the liberty to ISO ball. Okay. ISO. Um, uh, in the past, I've been like reluctant to wear the, the Russell Westbrook fan sleeve, but I'm putting it back on and I'm wearing it on my sleeve now. You can't shame me out of it anymore. I do not care. Um, this is an easy lock over for me. This will be my lock for the Eastern Conference. Uh, easily to the point you mentioned before even handing it over, a team led by these two guys who are, you know, I know Bradley Beal didn't get in last year, but the guy's obviously an all-star. Uh, same with Russell Westbrook. I like some of the side pieces. I think they have really good team synergy. Uh, Davis Berton's a guy to help spread the floor. Um I'm forgetting his name. Thomas Bryant is a high energy big, which I think pairs well with a guy like Russell Westbrook. Um, and I think Russell's only going to help him progress. And Rudy Hachimura is a guy I'm pretty sure hasn't even, you know, really playing basketball his whole life. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, correct. But I expect to see huge strides from him. He's obviously an NBA body and NBA you know talent. Like he's he's got the raw abilities, and I think having a guy like Russell Westbrook who just if nothing else, is definitely down for a culture of, like, put the work in. Um, it can only benefit this this team. They have some young guys, and I, I don't know. I think it's an easy over. I think it's a playoff team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I guess you guys would tell me if I'm crazy, but lock it. Lock it. Lock it in, Frank. I am so with you. Mm-hmm. And here's the sneaky signing for the Washington Wizards that helps them in a very specific matter. They were a soft defensive team last year. They got worked defensively. And their offense was actually really good. Part because Bradley Beal was out of his mind and Bertans couldn't miss. They still have Bradley Beal. They still have Bertans. Russell Westbrook, we know what he brings to the table. Here's the sneaky signing. Robin Lopez as a backup big, adding toughness and rim protection to a defense that was atrocious last year. That's a that's a sneaky, really good signing right there. You're talking about you like the others on this team. That's an other that should not go overlooked. He's not going to change the world, but he does the little things that make a team operate that much more functionally on defense, and I think it helps a lot for Thomas Bryant and Rui Hachimura not to have to defend the rim by themselves for full games. I think it helps a ton. And uh, Bradley Beal off the ball, just a little bit more. I think that helps his efficiency go up just a little bit more. 31 and a half is just too low. It's too low. It's and, uh, 32 and a half. Sorry. I have way too many overs in the Eastern Conference. I don't care. The reason why I don't care <laughs> is because I think the, the wins don't reach super high levels for any one team, but they get spread out. Everyone kind of beats up on each other a little bit, but it helps everybody in, in, in a little bit of a way, if that makes sense. So I'm not worried about having too many overs right now. I think the Wizards hit close to 500 pretty easily. I think a team with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal is going to be 500. I don't see how they don't just get to five a 500 team, you know. And that, to me, that would be kind of a disappointment for a lot of Wizards fans. You know, you got two guys who are all NBA caliber, and you're not going to get to a 500 record. I think they they would be disgusted. They're like, what was the point of this? Like, let's just keep John Wall then. At least he was a hometown guy or whatever. I love the over. I love it. And I love that you bring in Robin Lopez. He's going to be, you know, uh, Russell Westbrook's East Coast Steven Adams just blocking everybody out so he can get the rebounds and Facts. run up the court. Facts. And and uh, Russell Westbrook going to reconnect with his uh, his former coach, Scotty Brooks. 
I love it. I love this team, and I think from from an excitement standpoint, and I love the over because Russell Westbrook. This is kind of the first team he's played with that's going to be uh, going to have shooting around him. You know, like some real shooting around him with some real offensive uh, schemes rather than the Rockets just playing hard and ball. So that's it. Over Wizards. I'm going to go with the over as well Ooh, for the, the Wizards. Board. And my, uh, I'm only going to touch on one thing. Denny Adija, is that how you say his last name? I want to say. But everybody knows who that, that kid, Denny, that they drafted from overseas. He looks like he, he could be a stud. My, my cousin, shout out my cousin Quinn. He was almost in tears that the, that the Knicks didn't pick him up. And I was like, dude, I've never heard of this dude. Like, whatever. Like, pfft, it's going to be any other <laughs> European dude. And then they show some of the highlights. I'm like, Damn, he is kind of tough. Like that sucks, <laughs> but you know, I, you know, it, it, it's one guy that I'm curious to see what he does in this lineup if he can get in the rotation somehow. But like you said, all you guys kind of mentioned it. Russ and and Brad Beal on the same team. I don't see them having trouble getting close to 500 in the East. So definitely hit the over there. So that actually gives us three teams where we agreed across the board. We have all unders on the Pacers, all overs on the Knicks, and all overs on the Wizards. Duff, though, I don't think you have a lock. Do you want to look back towards your list real quick and just lock one in for argument's sake? Wizards. Lock it in, baby. I want to lock in the Wizards over, and I'm going to lock in the Cleveland under. Oh, you're you're going double lock for us. Oh. Double lock. I love it. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing now. That's what we're doing. <laughs> all right. That's it. That's all the Eastern Conference teams. That's a preview for you. Hopefully, y'all enjoyed this right now. Um, it's just for a little back, back, what's it called? Inside radio? Inside, Inside base- baseball. Inside baseball. Thank you, Duffy. Um, you know, I struggle with those sayings. Colloquial phrases. It's currently 12.15 a.m. So, it's Monday night, but now Tuesday morning. Are we recording this Western Conference over under right now after we finish this one? Are we doing it? Putting y'all on the spot. It's late. Strike strike the iron while it's hot. Already here. <laughs> All right. Enough to schedule, Frank. That's it. That's it. Uh, that's. <laughs> What'd you say, Frank? It's a schedule me. I just don't answer. I'm just here. Grind. <laughs> I mean, Frank's just sitting in the Discord. He's like, oh, we're potting? All right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, we're on. I can turn off Call of Duty for like an hour or so. Don't worry about it. All right, yo, Subway Sports Talk. It's it's Pete, it's Duffy, it's Frank, it's Kyle. We hit the over-unders on the East. We previewed every single team in record time, I must say. I know it might might have felt long for y'all, but that was quick for us. We also had a couple breaks because my dogs kept making noise. Anyways, Subway Sports Talk. We're back with Western Conference previews and over-unders tomorrow. It, it, the season is here. I, I could not be more excited. About a month ago when we officially heard December 22nd was the day it was going to start, I was nervous. I wasn't ready mentally. I wasn't ready physically, emotionally, nothing. Now I feel ready. And it's all because of this pod right here. It makes me feel so excited to watch all these different teams. And that's enough rambling for me. No time for last words. We got to get to the next pod so we can get you all the content you want. If you like what you've been hearing, subscribe, rate, review, do that a whole thing where you, you know, do a little review, say you like us, you think we're cute. Bada bing, bada boom. Follow the Instagram, Subway Sports Talk, Twitter, Subway Sports Talk, TLK. And that's it for Frank, for Kyle, for Duff. I'm Pete, Subway Sports Talk. Cheers.